I want to thank uh, Linda Turner and Stephen Kane. Uh, they were best friends forever, uh, real involved in my ministry at Hillcrest. And uh, Robert uh, is here tonight. Uh, he gives me a hard time. He tells me I'm old, uh, and he's got a lot uncolored hair than I do. Amen. Uh, but but they're interpreting for him, and it's so good to have him in our service tonight. Uh, and and Stephen can keep up with me, uh, believe it or not. I uh, I tried my best to wear him out at Hillcrest, but he just always joined right in. Brother Thomas, uh, I've done some tent revivals. Who was the pastor? He's in a, close to Meridian now. Uh, he's at a church called Beulah Baptist Church. Uh, is it Rivers? What was his first name? Gary. Gary? Okay. I was there last year. I ran a revival. Uh, and the first tent revival I ever preached in was at East Gadsden Baptist Church. And he was the pastor up there. We both had hair and uh, it was a different color and everything. So the wife and I went there uh, uh, last year. I did a revival for him. I enjoyed the call. He called me and he said, will you come and do a revival? I said, well, there's conditions. He said, what are they? I said, well, I want my wife to come with me. And so we have to, we have to be close to a mall because she's going to shop. So uh, he called me back in a few minutes. And he said, I found you a, a room at the Hampton Inn, and you can see the mall from the window. So uh, that worked out good. Amen. Uh, but I enjoyed my time with him. He's pastoring a great church, a great man of God, and uh, uh, we've been friends forever. But my first tent revival, and I'm thinking, uh, if, if, you know, I've done my three score and ten uh, two months ago. I thought, buddy, it's how real it is. I turned 70 and everything about me blew up. And I thought I was going to be with the Lord. Uh, but God spared me at least to get to preach here twice today. And I praise the Lord for that. But uh, I'm, I'm excited about the spirit of this church. I love the atmosphere. And I want to commend you on Sunday night. You know, a lot of churches, we were in a home this week. And, uh, and, and the, uh, one of the elderly members was there, and she was just real upset and said, we don't have but 10 or 12 back on Sunday night. So I commend you for your faithfulness and for keeping this place alive. Uh, you know, we've had some major churches in Calhoun County uh, over the past three or four years that have just shut down. I can't imagine that. That's very disturbing to me uh, when churches start shutting down. We need to be open now like never before. Amen. So I thought I'll, I could get a bus and we'd hook a tent up behind it in a trailer. And if you'll go with me, me and you might hit the road and just do a little tent, tent work. Well, yeah, he'll have to go with us too, definitely. Yes, indeed. How do you like your piano player in this church? Amen? You are blessed. Now, when, when I start this message, it's going to scare you to death. But it gets better, okay? So just hang on. Uh, but, but, and, and, and the reason I'm doing this is because this is work that, you know, when you've been in the ministry over 40 years, uh, you go through some battles. You know, everybody's going through something, and everybody at some time or the other, uh, things happen. And you can get very upset with it. But uh, what, what I encourage people to do, I encourage people, whatever you do, stay in church. Just stay in church. If, if it's a different church, fine. Just stay in church. And that's, uh, I, I, just, I believe in church. Amen? Uh, you're just amening me again tonight. I appreciate that. That's wonderful. Luke chapter 17, 
Luke chapter 17. I want to, I want to, uh, I preach this message at Hillcrest every year. The same message. And you know, uh, sometimes people write down when you preach a message, they write down uh, the, the message. And if you ever preach it again, they come and show you that. But you, you can sing the same song every week, and they don't nobody ever say a word. Amen? So, so, so I just started announcing, look, it's time for my message on how to increase your faith. And one lady brought it up there, and I'd, I'd been there 20 years, but she had 20 times in the Bible that I'd preached that same message. And I felt guilty just using the same scripture twice. Amen? But when, when you see Luke chapter 17, uh, there, there's, it talks about faith and forgiveness. Uh, and I'm telling you, God's still working on me. Uh, through all these years of ministry, I'll be honest with you, I've had my feelings hurt. But I must tell you, I've hurt a lot of feelings too. Amen. Uh, you can tell by the way I preach sometimes. I'm not the, the sweetest guy in the church. Amen. But it's, it's so important uh, as to the direction we're going to uh, from, from, uh, from verse 5. But I want to I read you the scripture if I can ever get this thing. I, I tried to get some tape. I was just going to tape this thing to my jaw, uh, but I couldn't find any tape. So uh, if it flops around, you please excuse me. Uh, but in, in the 17th chapter of the book of Luke, then said he unto the disciples, it is impossible but that offenses will come. Say amen. It's going to happen, folks. We're all going to go through our stuff. Listen. I don't want to be in a church that Satan's not in there trying to mess it up. Amen? You, you take an old dead church, the devil don't have to come there. He's already got it. But you go in a church that's alive, saying amen, that's being faithful, I'm telling you, Satan's coming after it because he don't like a prosperous church. And then when and Jesus said, look, it's impossible that offenses will come, but woe unto him uh, through whom they come. So what he's saying is, get over your stuff. We're gonna, there's going to be offenses. We're going to get offended. We're going to offend people. But let me tell you something. There's people you probably know that they've had their feelings hurt and they no longer come here. Probably still on your road, but they've, something happened, they had their feelings hurt, and they, now they, they, they don't come to church anymore. That's what the scriptures tell. Hey, get over it. In Jesus, that's what the altar's for. I truly believe that, that that altar to come down here and say, Lord, I'm offended at my brother. I'm offended at this person. I always hated to pray that prayer because he'd always tell me to go to them, and I'm thinking, they want to come to me. Uh, they've hurt my feelings, but it don't work like that, does it? But next verse, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he, and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive me. Now, here, here's, here's the shouting part of these verses. I want you to notice the, these, uh, these apostles had been offended. They'd been through some stuff. And they, they haven't seen anything yet. But when you, when you see this fifth verse, please remember this. Because this is so critical from a pulpit to the pew. It said, and the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. 
Well, I think it's critical that we never lose the desire to keep growing in our faith. It's, you know, we, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that's, that's the reality of salvation. But it, but it don't say after you get saved, uh, that's all the faith you need. No, I had enough faith to get me to Calvary. But after I get to Calvary, I need enough faith to keep me going until Jesus comes. Amen? And that's so important in our life. So the apostles have simply asked the Lord, hey, said unto the Lord, increase our faith. Now, you're going to have to excuse me from this verse. I'm going to run all over the Bible if you want to try to keep up. Uh, I'm, not going to, I'm not going to slow down much. Uh, it's, you can write it down. It's all King James, I promise you. Uh, and you can read it when you get home. Uh, but I don't want to, uh, I, I, I just don't want to work you to death trying to keep up with me tonight. But, but in, in, so there's, there, there's really six things. And this is a simple message. Once I, once I get into the backbone of it, it's very simple, but it's very real. So one of the things, I, you know, Paul, the Apostle Paul in the, in the book of Philippians, uh, which is one of my favorite books in all the Bible, you know, uh, in, in that verse, there's eight, Paul, Paul uses 18 different references talking about his joy. Now, when he's writing this and he's fixing to send it to that church, he's been in prison in Rome uh, for two years. And while he's been in prison there, there there's, there's something that happens in his life. And they send uh, that Epaphroditus, uh, one of the messengers from the church, go to the prison to visit Paul and uh, young Timothy, uh, who in Acts chapter 16, you know, he joined his ministry uh, in, in, the, uh, in the 16th chapter. We hear of Timothy coming and becoming a part of Paul's ministry. And now, uh, a decade later, 10 years later, we find Timothy is there and Paul's writing these letters. He's interpreting these, letter, he's interpreting these letters to Timothy. And then this Epaphroditus comes and he actually gives the letter to him. He takes it back. And this is a whole other message. I don't know where I got chasing this rabbit. At, but he takes it back uh, uh, to, to, uh, to Philippi, and, and Paul is he's writing this. this can, can you imagine? Have you noticed I don't ever finish a sentence? I, I'm so excited about the next sentence, I can't even finish one. But have you, you ever thought about, he's in prison two years, and all he talks about is, is the joy, 18 different references to the joy in his heart. And then 10 different times he tells us to rejoice. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm thinking, how can you do this in prison? Well, let me tell you how Paul did it. And this, 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 is, this is the message. He said, let this mind, in, in, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, he said, let this mind be in you, which is in Christ Jesus. And when, when he said that, when he went into prison, that, that mind of joy and rejoicing, he took it in there with him. So if we've got to go into a situation where faith needs to be so real, then we need to be faithed up when we face that situation. In other words, if we got to face a situation, we need to be so in love with Jesus, so caught up in the Scripture, so under the direction of the Holy Spirit, whatever Satan throws at us, we need to be equipped to deal with it. Amen? We don't need to get frustrated with our church, with our pastor, with our music, with what's going on. We need to be so keyed on Jesus and his word that we are so excited that Satan, hey, hey, he can't have mine. Amen? He can't have my joy. I've made up my mind I'm going to have joy in Jesus. And I say, let me tell you why I say that. I am heaven bound. How many of you know you're heaven bound? Amen? 
Hey, isn't that exciting to be able to raise your hand and say, Hey, if he comes today, I'm ready. If he comes tomorrow, I'm ready. I'm heaven bound standing in this church, in this pulpit, to God be the glory. Amen? Now, when you see, when you see Paul saying this, immediately you go to what, what attacks our faith. Number one, we got to think faith. It needs to continuously be, in, be on our mind that we're thinking about our faith. And we, we need to be reminded of this every day because negative thinking is, is, is what Satan tries to push on us every day of our life. You know what? We need to fill our thoughts. Hey, I, I've had a ball in this church today. You people are easy to preach to. Please tell your people how good I've done so he'll have me back. Amen? I love the spirit and the atmosphere of this church, but it's so important that we, we think thoughts of praise, thoughts of thanksgiving. I don't know if you can see it or not, but I'm spitting all over everything up here. It's a mess up here. So please, please realize we got to think Faith, keep your faith in reality. Stay in check with your faith. Now, once you start thinking about faith, you say, well, how do I strengthen my faith? Where you are tonight, sitting in those pews, being faithful to church, sitting under the, I've heard your preacher preach. He preaches from the word of God. He's a man of God. He's well studied. He's well learned. So, so when you think faith, there's something you got to do. I love the way you pay attention. I'm, I'm real impressed with this. But when you, when you think faith, in John chapter 5, verse 24, we, we need to hear faith. That verse says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, listen, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, get ready, this is shouting ground, hath everlasting life. Hey, I claim that victory, Amen. I'm, I'm not just serving a Lord that's uh, going to get me saved near. I'm, I'm praying. I'm shooting for next week right now. Amen. But, but I, thank, I thank the Lord that, listen, I'm, 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 a big part of my life is gone. I've hit the big three score and ten. So my next step is glory land. But I'm telling you something. I'm glad I stand on the promises of everlasting life. Amen? My Bible tells me I'm going to have a body just like him. When I'm transformed, I'm going to be just like Jesus, a perfect body. I can't imagine a perfect mind. Some people think I'm, I'm deranged. Amen? We, we, uh, we used to visit at our church. And when we'd come back, we would share uh, our visits. Yeah, and, and at this time, the program was still small uh, before God really got in it. So we'd all go out for about an hour, hour and a half. Then we'd report back to the church and we'd share our visits. And I remember one night we sharing our visits with one of our team a member stood up and they said, well, uh, they said they wouldn't be back. They thought you was deranged. <laughs> and I just thanked them for sharing that. Last time we did that, I never did that again. I said, I don't need to know stuff like that. You keep that to yourself. Amen. But when you, when, when he said everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Hey, hey, grave, where's your victory? Hey, death, where's your sting? Amen. Praise the Lord. And then, so here, here's the thing. When we hear fate, do any of you watch the news? Anybody in here watch the news? We need to stop. I'm going to shoot my TV one day sitting there watching Fox News. Amen. I'm telling you now. I remember growing up, we'd go to my wife's folks' house, and we're, we're young married, 
You know, we're still watching Mickey Mouse. We're not into Fox News. And we, anything, it didn't matter what time of the day you went over there. When you walked in, they was watching the news. And you better not touch that TV. It was news, news, news. Now, we watch the news. My kids come to the house. They have a fit. Is that all you do is watch that old news? They don't have a clue what's going on in the world. All, all, all they got, have, have you, they got these. Boy, how did they stay on it before you go? Hey, grandparents, let me tell you what to do. Take them out to eat and make them all lay their phone on the table. Stack them on the table in front of you. And when that phone rings, you say, the first one picks that up, pay it for the meal. <laughs> and here's the good thing. That phone will ring. They come unglued. They're like, oh, no, Poppy, that's for me. I'm like, get it. You're paying for the meal. And there's usually eight or nine of us. And boy, they just almost pass out. Amen? So when, when, you, when you see the reality, we have so many ways of communication. We, we have so many ways to hear. But you know what? I've learned I need to hear about faith from this book right here. It teaches me more about faith than a cell phone, a computer, uh, or all that other stuff that goes with it. I like, to, I like to hear faith, but we listen to all these different voices. TV is just hardly not even fit to watch anymore. There's nothing on there uh, any good to watch. Uh, we hear these newscasters, and uh, we hear all these voices of criticism, uh, all these voices. Listen, Satan wants to put doubt in our hearts and minds. He wants us, he wants to tear our faith down enough to where we think he's not coming back. I'm telling you now, the Lord is fixing to come and get this church. Amen? I believe at any moment, the Heavenly Father is going to look at the Son and say, Hey, go get the bride. Amen? And I, let me tell you, of all the places, when the rapture takes place, I want to be right here. I ain't know I was out riding around in a car and I'm supposed to be in church. Amen? But when, when we, when, so we think faith, we hear faith, and then in Psalm chapter 46, 10, here's the key. And you're good at it. You listen. You pay attention. He, the, the psalmist said, hey, be still. You know this verse. And know that I am God. I will be exalted among the brethren. I will be exalted in the earth. So, so we got to think faith. we got to hear faith. And then all of a sudden, we see that faith go into action. Now, uh, I, was a, uh, I worked in a foundry for 20 years. So I developed work ethics. In a foundry, you learn to work. That was I did that at a place, uh, Lee Brass, just not far down the road. And I was uh, fortunate enough to work there. I had a great job. Uh, and, and so I established a, a working relationship, went into work about 4 o'clock every morning. Uh, so I, I got up early, and then uh, the Lord, I remember that last day I drove out of that foundry. I know exactly how they felt when they left Egypt. Amen. I had been delivered. I'm telling you now, what a celebration. But when, when, when you see faith, and let me tell you how, how we saw faith at, at the church where I pastored. Uh, I still believe people are lost and they can get, you can win them to Jesus. Amen. I, I remember one of, my, uh, one of my first challenges of my first church. I was, we had just been married uh, not quite a year, and God was leading me to a Antioch Baptist Church there in Oxford, Alabama. I was there seven years, and so he led us there, and I ended up with my first church as a student pastor. I did that 18 years, the first 18 years of my ministry. I was a student pastor, and I, and I understand you do that here, brother. You're the student pastor. 
Oh, boy, what a, you, you in for a treat there, I'm telling you now. But uh, uh, one of the, one or two of the young men that was in my ministry, uh, their, their mother told them to come to me and said, tell that uh, Rick Reeves, uh, we, we want him to uh, share the gospel with your daddy. And their old daddy, well, he was mean. I mean, he was mean, and I went over and tried to talk to him, and he, he, was, he was ugly. He was mean. And so I, I began praying. I said, Lord, I know this family wants me to share the gospel, but this man, uh, he's a sight. And he, he talked about how he cut people, and I'm there thinking, I don't know if I want to do this or not. But, but a, a few years later, uh, well, actually about seven years later, he was a mechanic. Well, the, the motor blew up in my car. So the Holy Spirit said, call him and, uh, and just uh, uh, ask him, will he build your motor? So I called him on the phone. I said, look, the motor blew up my car, and I just need to get it fixed. He said, I'll be glad to, to do it if you'll help me. I'm not a mechanic. I, I can change the oil, and uh, Sam's my mechanic. I've, he's been fixing my stuff for years. Isn't it funny how God just supplies all your needs? Amen. But anyway, I, I witnessed this guy working on that car, and I, I didn't like it. I didn't know what I was doing. And, and this went on almost seven years. We become kind of sort of buddies, but he wouldn't pray with me. wouldn't have anything to do with me. Well, my sister is a godly woman, been a pianist at uh, Antioch Baptist Church for almost 50 years, one of the most godly women I've ever met. And, and she has a dream one night. Seven years later, she calls this man and said, I dreamed last night that a car fell on you. Well, they hang up. He goes down to the church and gets saved. Tick me off. I got all that grease and gunk and trying to win this man to Jeep. She makes one phone call, and the man gets saved. And I'm like, give me a break, amen? But he became one of my dearest friends one of my dearest friends, uh, and I've had the privilege of being a part of their life for 50 years now, and I thank the Lord. So, so see, when you step out in faith, when you think faith, when you hear faith, you begin to see faith at work. Like you came and so many people came and prayed this morning. Now, if you'll follow those instructions from that prayer, the Holy Spirit will honor that. you got to remember, with every phone call, with every prayer, Jesus is who he said he would be under the direction of the Holy Spirit. And you have to, my Bible says, trust the Lord and lean not into thine own understanding. Amen? And I think that's so critical in the life that we live. So, so we think the faith, we hear the faith, and then we see the faith. But then here's what it comes down to. At some point in our life, we, we get to the point in our relationship with the Lord and our faith, we're ready to talk faith. In other words, we ready to go, uh, ring a doorbell, and tell somebody about Jesus. I told you this morning, I learned the lesson. I'm the messenger. He's the Savior. I just plant the seed. He waters the increase. Amen? So, we got, so please remember that when you go at work, wherever you are, when you share that gospel, you remember you've implanted the seed of the Holy Spirit through a loving Jesus. And he will, he will mount the increase with his very presence. So when we begin talking faith, the Bible and the psalmist said, Talk ye of all the wondrous works. That means go and tell. Tell people about Jesus. And I, 
I really think this is one of the places where our churches are falling short. One of the things I loved about the ministry uh, at Hillcrest, and I'm, I'm not going to bore you to death with that, but I did spend 40 years of my life there. And, and, and one of the things that we established was called Operation Contact. Now, that was our, our outreach program, and what we did, we asked people, would you give us one month a year, four nights a year, would you go visiting? And, and I would spend a month pushing this from the pulpit, and, you know, people began signing up. In the last few years I was there, we had 500 people signed up for outreach. And it became so dynamic that we, we could send 20 teams a month out to just go and share the gospel. And you know what? God got into that. And I please don't take this wrong. I'm not boasting it to God be the glory. But the 25 years that I spent at that church, we averaged over 100 baptisms a year. Now, that's a God thing, amen? But how did we do it? We did it because not only did we think faith, not only did we hear faith, not only did we see faith, we became a church that began talking faith. And, buddy, God got in that. So here's the key. You've passed all these obstacles of growing in faith, and then you've got to put it to work. You've got to believe in your faith. You've got to trust your faith. You've got to believe God is real in thy faith. In, in James chapter 2, verse 18, uh, Jesus said, I will show thee my faith by my works. And you've, got, you've just got to trust the Lord. You know, Jesus condemned the Pharisees. Uh, he, he said unto them, for, for they say and they do not. There's a lot of that going on. We, we say a lot. But we don't do a lot. That's why I think it's important. Hey, uh, the, greatest, uh, the greatest aspect of my ministry was the 20 years I spent in that foundry. I finally became a superintendent. Had about 450 people that worked for me. And, you know, uh, I, I, would, I would call them into my office and share the gospel with them. It was easy. If they didn't listen, I'd fire them. Amen? That worked out real good, amen? But you won't believe the opportunities that God gave me in the position that he placed me in. I mean, it was a, it was a harvest. And several, several men that I got to share the gospel with ended up at Hillcrest in that ministry with me. But, you know, for, for they, they say, well, I have faith, but I don't have enough faith to share it. No, no, no. This faith should become real that we talk the faith. And then here's the key. Here's the punchline. you got to walk by faith. you got to walk to the church from the parking lot. you got to walk in these aisles and hug one another's neck and say, hey, I love you because of Jesus. you got to walk up to your pastor and say, hey, I want to thank you, pastor, for allowing me to love you and for being my pastor. you got to come to your music people and say, I want to walk up to you. and That's where faith starts. But once we, and it's easy to do in church. I've been here uh, one day, got to preach twice in this pulpit. I feel like I can hug every neck in here. Amen? And that's, that's the way. When we're walking by faith, we sense that presence of the Lord in such a dynamic way. The Bible said, walk by faith and not by sight. We do this every day, every moment. We do it during our, listen, our faith should be the greatest during our trials and our temptations. Amen? That's when we grow. Don't you let Satan tear you down when you're going through the stuff. You let the Holy Spirit lift you up because of where your faith is in your relationship with him. Walking by faith increases my relationship with Christ as I walk in this faith. So I want you to do this. 
I want you to think faith. I want you to hear faith. I want you to see faith. I want you to talk faith. I want you to work your faith. And I want you to walk in your faith. I got a letter. One day a lady walked up, handed me a letter. And I took it and she said, would you please go see my dad? He lived a couple of miles from the church. And I went to see him like she asked me to. And I have always did this. I was, I was supposed to. God would lay somebody uh, on somebody's heart and they'd bring me, especially if they brought me a name and an address. I went to the house, spent an hour sharing the gospel with this man. He wouldn't budge. He wouldn't budge. About a month later, I got through preaching and I looked and there's somebody at the altar doing this. Now I looked down there and she pointed down and said, that's my dad. That's my dad. So see, her faith passed on to me and my willingness to walk out the reality of that faith, her dad got saved. Now, he was, he, he's 80 years old. There ain't nothing like baptizing an 80-year-old. Amen? Hey, that's shouting ground. Eh? When they get that old, they squeak when they go under the water. Amen? But, boy, what a blessing. Oh, what a blessing. Hear me, ladies and gentlemen. Faith is real. The author and finisher of our faith is the Lord Jesus Christ. I share with you the good news tonight. Oh, what a Savior. Hallelujah. What a Savior. Now I want to ask you a question. Where are you in your faith tonight? Are you where you need to be? Or is a, a trip to the altar where you come and say, Hey, Lord, I want you to increase my faith. From this prayer, I'm going to commit myself to you to increase my faith in my relationship with you. I want to challenge you. If you're not where you need to be in exercising your faith, come to the altar and say, Lord, increase my faith in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, please. Father, I thank you for this precious congregation. I thank you for the outpouring of your spirit in this church today. I, I can see the atmosphere of this church and how they're growing in Jesus' name. And I just pray that if there's anyone here and they just, they just want to dig a little deeper, they want to enhance their faith, well, here's the opportunity. And I pray they'll come to this altar and say, Hey, Lord, I want you to draw me closer to you than I've ever been. I want you to increase my faith. I want to have the greatest desire that I've ever had to serve you. Give me the faith to share the gospel with the people that I work with. Give me the faith to share the gospel with people in my family that don't know Jesus as their personal Savior. Just give me the faith that I need to be the person that you saved me to be. Now, I pray this in Jesus' name, but most of all, if there's a lost person in this building, they came to get saved. That's why they're here. And I pray they will not miss that opportunity. I pray they will not walk out of this building Sitting in the presence of your holiness, I pray they can't walk out of this building without Jesus. I pray this in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen and amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with us all over the building while our brother sings. If, if anything you need already in the altar, come on, just come and say, hey, I need a fresh touch. See, I'm, I'm a Southern Baptist, but I believe in anointing. Amen. Do you?
let that scare you. God can do that in Jesus' name. So I want you to just pray about what the Lord would have you to do with this message. Would you sing, please?